Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, Armorall, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every 20 you spend on Armorall products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at armorall.com. Armorall, less work, more clean. Terms apply. What is going on, Diesel Nation? We're excited to have you guys with us today on the Diesel Podcast. If you're watching this on YouTube and aren't subscribed, make sure and click the subscribe button, like, comment, let us know what you think about the episode. If there's any follow-up questions or a topic or guest you'd like to have on the podcast, we're always checking YouTube and love to be able to see your guys' comments and then be able to turn them into future episodes. Today, I'm going to be chatting with the guys from CP Addict, and they have the lowest mileage older diesel truck I've ever seen. (laughs) And it's going to be really cool to chat with them about how they found it, their love for Ford OBS Power Strokes, and some tips if you have one of those trucks, things you should look out for that may wear over time and then solutions they offer to be able to bring um bring it back to life and be able to get those you know kind of small things fixed and get the truck almost as as close to showroom condition as you can get so it's going to be a great conversation before we get to it though i want to give a shout out to our friends over at kershaw knives they've uh, got a 20 percent off discount code for you if you use code 20 diesel at kershaw.kaiusa.com it's a great way to save 20% on some cool gear. So if you need something for hunting, fishing, or EDC, they've got you covered. They have a new Duralock model, which uses D2 steel. It's fully ambidextrous. And then also, it when you open and close it, your fingers aren't in the way. So it's a, it's a really cool design. They have a bunch of new designs as well for 2023. So if you're in the market, definitely head on over. Use code 20 diesel, save some money, get some really cool gear. All right, let's get to today's episode with the guys from CB Addict and talking about this incredibly low mileage truck that they found and talking about Ford OBS power strokes, diesel performance, our love for diesel trucks. Paul and Chris, welcome to the Diesel Podcast. How are you guys doing today? Good, man. Thanks for having us. Yeah, for sure. It is always really cool to chat with you guys with what you guys do. And there's been, since we chatted last, I'd say a lot of a lot of new diesel truck owners, a lot of people that are getting back into it. And while I know who you guys are and know the cool stuff that you guys do, I wanted to have you, um, you know, explain more about complete performance, your guys' you know, kind of journey in diesel, your focus on OBS power strokes and trucks and you know, where that all came about so they understand what we're really going to be talking about later, which is uh, basically like a unicorn truck that you guys got. So, uh, so basically we, uh, we, we started in the industry, uh, I don't know, like a lot of, a lot of guys did with a diesel performance shop, um, as far as just installing and things like that. And the longer we were in it, the more it kind of evolved into what our passion was more around the, and I know everybody's going to think we're insane, but around seven, three trucks, you know, the, uh, the dinosaurs of the industry, but that's kind of where these, where this industry started, right. was 12 valves, seven threes. That was like the breakover point for when, uh, when this industry kind of got off the ground. And we just, we really liked the, uh, the seven, three Fords. So, um, we slowly started evolving more into focusing strictly on that. Um, what was it? 2018. We, uh, yeah. we officially closed the mechanic shop down and just focused strictly on doing, more or less on the side of restoration, but, um, but bringing these, uh, these square body, I, boy, everybody's gonna hate me for saying that, but, <laughs> um, 90, uh, we started more in the 92 to 97, 73 stuff. We do a lot of, 
believe it or not, there's a lot of IDI trucks still on the road. And most people don't think that, but we sell a lot of parts for IDIs and it's kind of evolved into a bunch of restoration and that side of things as well, kind of bringing these trucks back to life. Now, when you guys were going to transition it, did you guys just make the decision, hey, we're going to go and just focus on these trucks or did the market or your customers almost kind of dictate it where they kept asking for certain things pertaining to this year, this year range truck? And you're like, well, this is what we're really passionate about. Let's just go this direction. So, you know, basically the days of the forums went away and there was a bunch of Facebook groups and everybody in Facebook groups were like, my truck is broke. It needs this. My truck needs that. My truck, I could use this. I'm trying to keep it on the road. And we saw an open space in the market that nobody had filled for taking care of those. Because, I mean, most of the aftermarket manufacturers out there are dealing with brand new trucks because that's what is on the lots. That's that's going to get the most market support. Well, trucks that are 20 years old, the market has ventured away from them because there's not as many of them on the road as the new trucks. So there was just a big wide open hole in the market. So we were like, Hey, let's, let's fill this, this hole. And, uh, it kind of started off of a, a Dave Ramsey book of like, find what you're good at and go that way. Well, we had owned these trucks since we could drive. And so like we, we broke our trucks and we knew what it took to fix these trucks when we broke them. So like if we can fix our broke trucks, we can help customers fix their broke trucks. It was, yeah. uh, it was like, kind of like a slow evolution of, uh, you know, our customers starting to kind of ask that. And then with the way that the diesel performance industry as a whole was going with government regulations and things like that, we kind of just like, you know, maybe we want to step back from this and not be a part of that and focus more on something that we're you know maybe a little more passionate about yeah well and there's and so just, and there's so many of those trucks i mean ford's been selling these things like crazy for was it 50 years now or maybe even longer and then that i'm not sure if it's a trend i think maybe it's always kind of been like this where people want those older simpler trucks that they can work on and they they just keep going so why spend one hundred and five thousand on a new one well, the sales too, you know, like yeah. uh, people, people want simpler times back, right? Like everything is so complicated now. So when they have the opportunity to get a piece of nostalgia, whether that be something that reminds them of their grandpa or their dad or something that they, you know, something they experienced in life, you'd be surprised at how many of our customers uh, are restoring these trucks for that reason. Like whether it be their actual grandpa's truck or whether it's a truck they that looks just like the truck their dad used to have when they were a kid or whatever, or one that they had, right? Like they, yeah. they're replicating a truck what, they had. What, what we see it as a lot of is um, these trucks are the new classic car. They're, they're the new collector item. Like the, the 68 uh, Camaro SS is not as popular with the younger crowd as it is with, the the older consumer and and those they're still buying those but like somebody that's 20 is not buying a 68 camaro ss they're buying we see the we see the vintage four-wheel drive uh movement being the new muscle car movement yeah it's kind of what what the way we see this like whether that be a an early bronco or whether that be uh you know, a 60s through 90s F-series pickup or whatever, like the vintage four-wheel drive thing is where everybody's going with their collectors. I mean, you can see that on Bring a Trailer pretty easy. Yeah. Yeah, there's People a lot. People like of... the motors, you know, buying that F-26 
bump side crew cab the other day. Like <laughs> Jeremy's not buying that because he, you know, because it's not cool, right? <laughs> now, as these as these trucks get older, what are some what are some common things that people are going to need or yeah, because I think sourcing them can kind of be tough, and it's starting to get like that. Where I don't think like a third gen Ram is old, but they're starting to discontinue parts. They're going to be there one day. So we're stepping back another ten years, fifteen, twenty years. What are some things that uh, that wear that break? Do you guys have solutions for? Yeah. So so the most common thing that we see is just basic cosmetic stuff. You know, sun is faded headlights, uh, broken plastic, um, that, and people that that can't drive have dented up bumpers. And so you can't get stuff like that anymore. So we've made solutions for fixing a lot of those issues where you can get your truck to, for lack of a better word, looking new again, um, on a budget. We're also seeing some issues with like, um, the aging on like wiring harnesses and stuff like that. So we've even started like reproducing some of those things, uh, with quite a bit more in the, in the works. As you know, as well as I do, you know, these things are 20, 30 years old. They're uh, in the engine bay and are under the truck or whatever. You know, you've got a lot of wear and tear on things because these things, they did have electronics on them, albeit not very sophisticated, but they were there and you have to still keep that going. So we're doing our best to uh, to replace those things that, you know, obviously after a while, Ford has to discontinue because they just can't carry every part. I remember once we were chatting about the door handle fix. And there were a lot of people are like, oh man, I'm glad you guys, you know, chatted about that because my door handle has been like this forever. And it's those little things that. That's you know, actually still our number one selling product is the door handle reinforcement plate. Cause it's yeah. just, it is just that big of an issue. And like, there's been new things since then too. So we were approached by a guy that, um, so all those doors sag, right? Every one of them have worn hinges at this point. So instead of the, the conventional door hinge replacement pins that you can buy just about anywhere, um we're offering a tooled steel version it's got a tooled steel uh bushing and pin so when you replace it it's not like it's going to break that little cast brass bushing or whatever that comes in the kit in the next 30 days these things are they in lifetime warranty so you can't ever wear it out like you're you're going to wear the truck out or the the complete hinge assembly before you wear the pin and, and replacements out so oh, it's a cool. it's a it's a fix that it, it's more of a permanent fix. Yeah, yeah. Instead of just band-aiding something, we, we try and put fixes together that actually are a long-term and legitimate fix um, for these trucks. Now, when you guys are looking at either like new products or new things um, to be able to say, hey, can we offer this to our customers? Are you guys seeing this on trucks that you guys have? Are people calling in and saying, you know, maybe it's something that you never offered before and you hear like five or 10 or 20 people say, hey, this particular part on the interior or this you know, this it's kind other. of a blend of both, to be honest. Um, we get a lot of feedback from customers. They're like, hey, man, I really wish you'd make this product. Um, and we kind of we try to tally that best we can. Um, we also buy a lot of trucks. Um, we buy a lot of them to try to figure out either what what's broken on them or, you know, to add to our personal collection of trucks, things like that. I think we're at like 50 or 60 at this point, something like that. So. <laughs> We've got a lot of trucks to uh, to test product on or to, to see, you know, what is breaking on these trucks and like uh, test, t- we, as I tell my wife, testing purposes. <laughs> <laughs> the, yeah, uh, so it's, kind of, it's probably a 50-50 blend of both if I just had to give it a uh, say in one way or the other. 
Well, I, w- I was going to mention that because I, I follow you guys on Instagram and Facebook and everything else. And I always see a new truck or a different truck that you guys have. And they're so different. And I mean, people are going to know by the title of the episode. And if they're watching on YouTube, the thumbnail and everything, there's a unicorn you guys got. And I wanted to kind of start at the beginning is how do you find something like this? Like, tell us about it. I mean, this is, I've never heard of any truck, regardless of whether it's a Power Stroke, Cummins, or Duramax, that has that low of mileage and just such a cool story behind it. So, so this truck, um, we've, we've got a customer. His name's Josh. He's been, shoot, he's been a customer of ours since before we started this. Like, we go way back, several years. And uh, he just reached out one day and he's like, hey, I think this is something you guys would be super interested in. Josh does some like uh, mobile mechanicing on the side. He went over to this guy's house to. It's like a seventies Bonneville or something. Yeah, like to change the starter out or whatnot. And he walked in the warehouse. He's like, "What's that sitting over there?" He's like, "Oh, that's my old uh, my old work truck. I had never done anything with." And he said he could tell even though it was covered in dust that it looked new. And he's like, "How many miles are on that thing?" And the guy told him, "I said I, it, it's under a thousand, but I don't remember what it you know what that is." And so he actually had to skip working on the starter and go put batteries on the truck so he could see how many miles were on it. <laughs> and then uh, he sent us a ton of photos that same day. Of like, check this thing out I found in the barn. And, you know, it's kind of kind of rolled downhill from there of, you know, getting the ball rolling of like, how do we purchase it? And it took us you know, over two years to talk the guy into actually selling the truck to us because he, you know, obviously had had it since 96. And he seemed to, uh, he, he's kind of one of those guys that gets a little sentimentally attached to stuff, uh, if that makes sense. But Well, yeah. you, you don't you don't park a truck and let it sit for 26 years and have under 900 miles on, or under 1,000 miles on it and not be somewhat attached to it or want don't want to see it go to someplace that is going to immediately the first day beat it in, you know? Yeah, he had had several people offer to buy the truck from him over the years, but they all wanted to work it. He just couldn't bring himself to sell it to somebody that was going to work it. After, you know, 20 years of it not being worked, he's like, man, like, I've been, I've been even tempted to use it a couple times and thought, nah, I better not because it's going to lose value if I go use it. So, <laughs> well, that a, was, go ahead. That's, that's a really good, a really good point is, and something I wanted to ask you is how did you guys convey the passion you have for it because i imagine if i think of a vehicle i was sentimental with it really was a thing like i wanted to make sure that truck went to somebody who was going to appreciate it even though i wasn't going to own it my name we, wasn't going to be on the title anymore we, we sent him a couple of pictures of a warehouse full of the same kind of trucks <laughs> and he was like oh okay i got you now like that, that were that and and josh uh, did a really good job of uh of like conveying our our passion for these trucks over to him you know since since he knew us he uh, you know explained to the guy like if anybody's going to buy this truck and take care of it it's going to be these guys and you know allow other people to appreciate it too so that that was kind of a thing too for him was he wanted to make sure that more than just you know whoever bought it could actually appreciate the truck and it and not this is not the right terminology but like his legacy of the truck you know what i mean like we can tell the story of how the how the whole the situation came about yeah like it's not like it's, just, just die. it's not just a truck just sitting in a warehouse like oh yeah check out that truck it's cool like this guy bought it this is you know he got it and he went from here to there and this is how it wound up in his place and there's a whole story behind it right so 
no matter where you go, you can tell that story. We did a YouTube video on it. Um, you can find it on our YouTube channel of, of kind of the, the whole process of the truck. It's even, we've even got photos of it in the warehouse of where we, where we picked it up from. Uh, I, I think personally the most unique thing about it all is like people store collector things like Mustangs or Camaros or even, even a pickup truck that's got low miles on it, but people don't collect and or store work trucks. And, you know, this yeah. was a work truck that was built for a specific purpose and then didn't get used, you know? So that's, that's the, the unique, the most unique thing about this. I mean, there's a bunch of pickup trucks out there that people have talked to us about that have similar or not much higher miles than that, but it's the, it's a pickup. Like people, people put them away for a reason. They didn't, you know, mm -hmm. they, they knew they would be worth something, but nobody, nobody went and spent $50,000 in 1996 just to park a truck. I mean, it'd be like a, a guy going and buying a, you know, a $200,000 work truck today and just parking at the shop. Like who would do that? Most people wouldn't. What, um, what upgrades or what things were invested in it originally to turn it into the truck that it is? So it, it was a cabin chassis truck from Ford and, um, company in north carolina uh shell uh, south co mm -hmm. it picked the truck up from the ford dealer and and had a chipper and service body combo put on it so he he was an arborist and he you know trimmed trees in people's yard and chipped them and hauled them and when he got it uh he realized that the box was going to be too small for the amount of jobs he did in a day so you don't have to disconnect to make too many trips back and yeah. forth dumping Basically what he, he did is he was not downsizing his fleet, but he was like, I can buy a Ford Super Duty because it was the 450 of the day. I don't have to have a CDL. I don't have to have all this extra stuff to run this truck. And I can get into smaller neighborhoods and things like that. And when he got it, he was like, man, this is technically, yes, this will work, but it's going, it, it's going to be more work using the smaller truck than if I keep using my larger trucks. And instead of selling the truck, he just, stuck it in a warehouse and said, Hey, that's going to be my backup truck in case one of my big trucks ever goes down. And then every time his big trucks would go down, he would just be like, ah, I'll wait on it to be repaired and kept it sitting for 26 years. Now, when you guys got it, did, what, what did you guys do? Like, what did, um, did you have a plan to just like clean it up a little bit and then park it? Or did you guys have to, you mentioned the batteries and, you know, kind of getting it to turn over, but what else do you guys have to do to it? Uh, absolutely nothing, man. It's still got, it's still got the diesel from 1996 in it. And it's still got the original motor oil that Ford motor company put in it at the plant in Kentucky. Wow. And it's, it's never had an oil change. It's never had a fuel filter change. It's still got the original, original wa washer fluid in the bottle, like everything, but the batteries are original, including the tires. So this is literally a time machine. Like, yeah, came, came complete with barn dust and everything. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's ridiculous. Like seeing it in person. Um, it's like, it's like a brand, you know, it's like a brand new 96 F super duty. It still smells new on the inside. We, it's just crazy. We have people come by for, and for lack of a better word, our museum that we have out there with all of our trucks in it, people come out and want to go look in them. And of course they always see that one. And it's so shiny, even compared to some of the other trucks that we've, you know, polished up. And of course they always want to know the story and they want to look at it. And, you know, they're, they're amazed at what it looks like 
considering it's a work truck, right? The steering wheel still has all the stippling on the steering wheel. The shifter knob still has all the stippling on it. Usually they're all worn smooth because calloused hands on, you know, in work trucks. So it's just crazy to open the door and it still smells like 1996 inside, you know? And the sound of the door closing is, I mean, it's, he told us that the day we picked the truck up, the doors had probably been open more that day than they had been open to the truck's entire life. So. Now, how, now when you have this truck, what things would you guys, if anything, need to do? Say you're going to keep it parked where it is for another 10 or 15 or 20 years. Do you have to do anything to protect it? Like, you know, you mentioned the fuel still in it and the motor oil and the other things, the tires. What do you have to do so, to keep a truck in that condition? Essentially, what, what our what our plan with this thing is, is um, obviously it'll stay indoors 90% of the time. That's that's one of the biggest things is to keep, uh, keep you know, sunlight and the weather off of it. But um, we've actually got a, a guy that's, that's here um, pretty local to us that we're going to have come over and actually do a, a deep clean on everything and then ceramic coat it just to fully protect the paint on the truck. Um, something like, something like this truck, you know, being able to, uh, to put some kind of protectant like that on it, it, um, uh, it will actually, I don't know, what am I looking for here? It's, it's, um, it's a UV protectant and everything yeah. for the paint. So like, if it does get sunlight, it doesn't bake the paint. Not that it will get a lot, but it just kind of helps preserve the truck as it is that the more we can keep it away from moisture and sunlight, the, the least amount of damage it's going to get. And honestly, man, it's been 26 years with the same fuel and oil in it. It's not going to hurt to go another 26 years with the same fuel and oil in it. So, I mean, the, probably the, a little additive in the diesel. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> there's the most times it gets run. It's not going to really hurt anything. Yeah. I mean, literally we put fresh batteries on it and stuck the key in the ignition and it, it fired right up, drove out of the shop, drove up onto the trailer. And as uh, I think we put one mile on it, moving it around on the original diesel from 96. Yeah. I mean, I mean the, when you pull the dipstick out, the oil's still golden in it. So like there's no moisture content in the oil. There's no, you know, no discoloration, nothing like that. So, I mean, basically just keep an eye on things, make sure wraps don't build nests in the truck, which again, it's in an enclosed warehouse. So that helps keep it protected. It's actually in a better warehouse now than it was, yeah. when we picked it up it was in a it was in a dirt floor warehouse where we picked it up at and now you know we've got a concrete facility and it's way in the back corner uh, away from anything that could happen to it when you guys move it around i'm sure there's almost competing emotions that arise because one you're in this under a thousand mile time machine 96 power stroke and it's cool to be behind it and like go back in time but do you feel a little bit guilty when you see the odometer kick over one mile? Like, is that tough or? Yes. <laughs> so it, it's a, it is kind of cool where it's at though. So um, it's got 905 on it. So we can put quite a few miles on this thing without it actually clicking over a thousand miles. So like being able to move it around in the shop or up onto a trailer to carry to a truck show or something like that, we can do that without too much guilt of it clicking over to a thousand miles. I mean, as long as we don't go just like taking a stroll in it, I think it'll be fine. But, um, it, um, you know, you obviously don't want to put any more miles on it than you have to just because of what it is. You know, half the people listening to this are going to be like, man, I'd use that thing. You know, that's what we always get when we post it. Like, man, you need to pull that box off and put a flatbed on it, put it to work or something. You know, it's like, no, absolutely can, not. Well, you can't get another one. 
Probably. Yeah, I mean, where, probably not where do you replace it at? Like, yeah. I mean, that that's the thing. Like, if I wanted a flatbed truck, I'd go out and buy one that's got 100,000 miles on it because those are a dime a dozen. And I'd throw a flatbed on it and polish it up, and I'd drive that thing around. But you don't take a truck that's got under 1,000 miles on it and go to putting it to work. I mean, that's just sacrilege. Is it the cleanest, lowest mileage time machine truck you guys have ever come across? Yes. In person, yes, absolutely. It's just it's unreal how how much it feels like '96, right? Like it, like if you're sitting on a Ford Ford dealer lot in 1996, it's it really is like you think, okay, you know, you see these trucks that have 50, 60 thousand miles, like pickups that somebody's grandpa had, you know, like they still like uh, they still smell like an old man inside them, right? They're not, a, or they smell like cigarette smoke or whatever, you know, like it's just it's not the same. It's 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 pretty unreal. It really is. What was really crazy for me is you guys had posted a picture. I think it was of a Ford dealership and it was from like the mid nineties. Like mm-hmm. somebody took pictures and it jogged my memory of being back around that time being younger. And I, re- it's like, I remembered that's what it was like to drive by them. The way the Ford mm-hmm. symbol looked on it, the way the trucks mm-hmm. looked out front. And I'm like, I haven't thought about this since probably 95 or 96. Yeah, but it, exactly. it, cl- it clicked for me and I'm sure on a much larger level it does that for enthusiasts when they see these trucks or they see something um, you know maybe one of them that you guys are going to sell or you guys are coming across one you know in your travels it's just like back to that nostalgia well that's you know it's we use this analogy all the time but it's you know you, you take a, a 2022 or 2023 super duty or something like that and you throw some wheels and tires on it and whatnot and you go to the gas station and park next to a stock 96, 97 F-350 crew cab long bed and see which one people come up and talk to somebody about, you know. Um, it- Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. They just gain so much attention wherever they go. It's crazy. It's an, it's an iconic body style. And if you, this is, this is a personal opinion of mine, but if you look at a new Super Duty from 2017 to now, they have the same similar or they have similar body lines. They have similar features, big square grill in the front, big square headlights, long rectangular taillights, sharp pointy body lines, because it's such an iconic look that I feel like even Ford was like, Hey, we sold a bunch of these trucks back in the day. The bubble trucks from like 99 to 16 were okay, but these these sharp lined trucks pull the square back into the body line. Yeah, people people like the square over the bubble, and have kind of gone back to that look. Even if you look at like the cab lights, the cab lights are long and kind of a rectangular shape, and most people wouldn't notice this unless you've driven both trucks. But the door lock assemblies in a Super Duty from seventeen to to twenty two are OBS door locks, same exact pull locks. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Wow. When you guys, now when you compare, say, one of these newer trucks to these older ones you guys specialize in, would you say that the build quality on the older ones is just head and shoulders above what the new ones are? Or how would you compare the long-term sort of quality of hinges, latches, just, the, the, you know, the truck itself? So there's a le- there's less le- electronics and there's less plastic in the older trucks than the new ones. Um, it's, it's hard to quantify because a new super duty, you can put a 40 foot trailer behind it and load it with 60,000 pounds and cruise down the road while it massages your back. You're not going to do that with an OBS and never, never were even when they were new, where are you going to do that? So it's, it's a hard thing to, to have a comparison on. It's really apples to oranges. It's more of the nostalgia and the like time machine it's it's as close to being in a time machine as you can get getting in an older truck because i mean if you grew up in that era it's going to take you back to riding with your grandfather or you know your dad when y'all went to auctions or went to check the cows or whatever so it kind of it it flashes your brain back to that time period of of good memories uh and and what you enjoyed doing you know you hop in a new super duty you're just going to work or or going to the baseball game you're not there's not really any like memory associated with that now people's kids 20 years from now may have that that memory associated with a new super duty but honestly with all the emissions stuff and all the electronics i don't see it happening how they how are they going to survive yeah I, I i see deterioration and plastic issues and you know high pressure pumps that are bad because diesel fuel is uh gelled in them or or whatever so i i don't i don't know how that's going to pan out in the next 26 years but uh as of right now i i feel like an older truck is a is a time machine like i can get in it and have flashbacks to my grandfather buying a new 94 and you know riding around with him with his bench seat and him drinking his coffee you know what i mean yeah so it's it's a it's a flashback for myself yeah yeah i think i think that's a a big reason too that some of us look older because we we want that longevity with whatever part of it it is whether it's the engine or you know just mm-hmm. uh, you know the whole setup of it and you know in talking about this truck talking about what you guys do i was thinking about you know do you have customers to say hey can you guys go back older like i got a 75 ford i got a 78 i got a you know a 60 68 67 do you guys look towards those even older trucks for some of these solutions people might have we, we actually do. Um, we actually go back all the way to 67 at this point, um, which would be like the bump side year model trucks. We try to encompass uh, solutions or solving problems from everything from 67 to 97. Uh, you know, there's a lot of guys that have, me being one of them, uh, that have maybe a 71 and also have a 96 or 97. And there's some things that interchange between all of those and, and similar issues from 67 to 97, maybe just a little slightly different on the part, but, you know, 
similar similar issues you know how do i lift it how do i keep my four-wheel drive working what do i do to convert it to four-wheel drive things like that that are are similar across the board so yeah i have a i have a friend um his dad had a i don't know if it was a 77 or 76 and um he just bought a 75 i think for that nostalgia because his dad had one and he wants to do a restoration on it so it's like the body's coming off he wants to do everything to it and I think those solutions are so awesome in this in this marketplace or, you know, in the the diesel side of it, because it's really tough to find companies, I think, that have one, the passion and then the specialty like you guys have in these, um, you know, with this brand or these year ranges to be able to find these little things that we're going to need because you can't just call up a parts store and get, you know, whatever well, that, part of my being. Kind of, and that's kind of why we went with you know, we're sticking with Ford and we're sticking with certain years because when you, when you dilute yourself and you're trying to work on stuff for Chevrolet and you're trying to work on stuff for Dodge, you can't, you can't get in the weeds and give the customers what they need because you're, you're spread too thin. So when you, when you consolidate yourself, you can say, all right, this truck has these problems. How do we solve these problems? Okay. This truck has these problems. How do we solve those problems? And then you can spend a lot more time getting that solution perfect than just halfway trying to, to fix an issue that you're kind of certain about, but not a hundred percent. I like how you bring up your friend buying the 75. That's a, that's a perfect example of what I was talking about a while ago about the vintage four wheel drive movement versus like the, the muscle car era or whatever. Yeah. Um, it's the same nostalgia as the reason why the guys collected Chevelles and Corvettes and Camaros and Mustangs and all that stuff. It's the same reason. It's the same reasoning for it. You know, like, hey, I drove my dad's Mustang or I, whatever in high school and like, I just want one back. Or, you know, my dad had this or my grandpa had that or whatever. Your buddy that bought the 75 is, is trying to recreate that, um, that feeling that he had. And that's the same thing for us, right? Like, that's the same reason why we even got into this. Um, and uh, it's just a pretty cool example of, of, what is actually going on on a much larger scale that if you actually look at it, it's the reason why like square body Chevys are bringing six figures now. Well, I mean, we're, we're what, uh, 30 minutes into this conversation and you're already flashing to a buddy of yours that, you know, is building a truck from, you know, that matches his dad. Like we didn't pre-plan or talk about this or, I mean, you just said, Hey, I got a buddy with us, you know, that's working on a 75 and we run into that. On a Every, large scale, yeah. Everywhere we go on, on yeah. a massive scale, you know. Well, that was kind of how the conversation went with him is he, he sold his 2020 6.7 Laramie mega cab truck. And I'm like, why are you selling that thing, man? It's got everything. And he goes, well, you know, my dad had this this older Ford. It was black. And I want to get that. So he sold it. And I'm like, well, what about it? And he goes, well, I just remember riding in it. We'd go fishing or we'd go camping. And I remember, you know, how the dash looked and um you know i just got to do some body work and i want to do some of these updates to it and i go okay i'm starting to get it now i I understand why you'd go um Mm. you know sell this new truck to invest some money into this you know restoration so it totally clicked for me and a lot of people have found that the brand new truck that they have they're literally going from home to work to the grocery store at home paying 100 grand And, and they don't really need it and they can do the same thing in this in a 75 and probably garner more attention and then if it breaks, he can probably fix it in the, in the work parking lot, you know, if it, if it breaks and, you know, now he's got that nostalgia of cruising down the road, you know, like his dad would have. We, yeah. we see a lot of that in the 92 to 97 
uh, especially the 94 to 97 uh, market where, you know, you get a 7.3 power stroke in the truck because that they really will do what 90% of diesel truck owners use their truck for, which is like pulling a pair of jet skis, a pontoon boat or some ATVs or something like that. You know, most people, let's be honest, most people that own diesel pickups don't really work them like, like you think they do. Yeah. So the, uh, the, the mass use for, uh, for most people is going to be towing less than 10,000 pounds. Well, a seven, three power stroke will do that very easily with a lot more class than a, um, than a brand new truck does. And like a tenth the cost, right? Like a really, a really nice one would cost you 25 to 30 grand where a brand new, a brand new Super Duty is going to cost you 80, 90, a hundred, 110 in some places. So like, man, you can, you can buy a $30,000 OBS, which is a hundred thousand mile, pretty nice truck and throw 10 grand in it and still be half the cost of a new Super Duty and way cooler. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's more, there's more of a story to it now. Well, well and, and the OBS too. They actually had better colors than what you have now. I mean, you can go to the the dealership now and you can get dark red, dark blue, dark brown, black, gray, and white. There's nothing that makes you stand out. Whereas like an OBS, they had the Calypso green and they had vermilion red and they had the LE blue and they had sapphire blue. And, you know, I mean, there was just a ton of bright colors you could get. Hell, if you wanted to, you could go get an orange one. So... You know, it's when you pull into a parking lot these days, it, you're going to get all earth tone colored vehicles and, you know, you pull in with a Calypso green OBS, you're going to stand out like a sore thumb. So oh, yeah. Now, excluding the, the low mileage kind of time machine truck you guys have, do you guys sell any of the other ones? Because you know, people are always looking for, you know, where can I find this well taken care of lower mileage, you know, kind of OBS do you guys with the collection you have ever ever offer them for sale from time to time we uh will buy trucks and uh you know obviously there's only so much storage room we've got indoors so some of the nicer stuff if we find something that we're looking to buy that we want to that we really want to add to the collection we may put uh we put them up from for sale for time to time it's not something that we do like on a dealer basis or anything like that it's just more of a private sale thing that we'll we'll sell one of them out of the collection yeah. to or make room if that makes sense. Or or, or if we bought one for R and D purposes and we've got mm -hmm. everything R and D on it that we need to, then it goes up for sale to to make room for the next truck that needs to be R and D. Or, you know, like he said, if we find something that's got um, you know, it's a lower mile truck or it's a odd configuration or it's a one of one type thing, we try and buy buy stuff like that because you're just not going to get another one. We had to make room the other day. We bought the only known bullnose uh, Magnum Metropolitan four-door Bronco known to exist. Uh, we found it in Redding, California, so we had to make some room in the shop to put it in there. You know, it's a 6.9 four-door Bronco, three-quarter ton four-door Bronco that no, nobody even knew that, that Magnum made a bullnose version. They We all thought they started at the brick nose, and we just randomly found this one for sale through a guy that we knew that we bought another truck from. So that kind of stuff happens from time to time is for somebody that's out there looking, is there any mileage kind of range you guys don't like to go over? If it's going to be a truck you drive, um, you know, not necessarily work hard, but just if you want something to drive every day where you guys go, Oh, that's got 150 or 250 or 200 or anything you guys shy away from. So 
if I'm daily driving something, I'm trying to find something. If it's got under 100,000 miles, I'm not daily driving it because it needs to be preserved. Um, the only other caveat is like anything OBS that's over 300,000 miles, when you get to 399 and, and 99, it rolls back to 300,000. So there's no way to verify unless you watched it roll over from 200 to 300,000. There's no way to verify how many miles the truck has. It could have 400, it could have 600, it could have a million miles on it. There's, there's no way to know unless you just get the, you know, honest John is, is giving you the, the whole rundown and he's got a, a record or you just feel like he's being, you know, truthful to you when he's selling you the truck. Having said that, probably one of the trucks though that I regret selling the most had 380,000 miles on it. Straight as an arrow, drove great, didn't leak any oil, was, had ice cold AC, like beautiful paint job on the truck you know so like it, it's it's a it's it's hard to quantify that because i've seen trucks with um let me uh, let me tell you the way that a a buddy of ours told us one time this yeah. is a pretty pretty good example the low mile trucks didn't get usually didn't get driven because they didn't drive very well the trucks with a lot of miles on them got driven a lot because they drove really well so like if you've ever gotten into a 290,000, 350,000 mile OBS or anything else for that matter. It doesn't really matter. They probably got driven that much because they drove really well. So like they were, they were built on a Wednesday, not a Friday or a Monday. Right. <laughs> so, um, so like those low mile trucks you get and you're like, man, like this thing just doesn't drive like you would want it to, you know, like it's fine, but it's just not like, it doesn't have that feel. Cause you know, that feel, you know what I'm talking about. It's really hard to describe, but like, that they didn't get driven that way because they just didn't have that. And you get this truck's got 260,000 and you're like, man, like, why does this truck, it's, it's nice. But like, why does it have so many miles on it? You go drive and you're like, I know. I know. No, I know. <laughs> and and the, the other thing is if it's got 10 owners and it's got a hundred thousand miles, it got traded off because it, it, it drove, didn't drive good. It yeah. didn't drive great. People were like, I don't like this truck. I'm going to sell it. I don't like this truck. I'm going to sell it. But you got one truck that's got 400,000 miles on it or 300, I guess and it's had one owner its entire life home dude liked driving that truck and yeah. he kept that truck because he liked it and a lot of times it, it boils down to you know it, maybe it started nickel and diamond them or they realized that they didn't need a diesel anymore or they just bought a new truck and they're like this one just sits so i'm gonna, I'm gonna sell it so so that was kind of a long way around answering the question of um like what do you look for um you know I think probably um, it needs to be looked looked at more in the aspect of maybe how many owners the truck has had in its in its lifetime, and like the overall like has it been molested? Uh, yeah, I was gonna say like the overall like um, condition of the truck, right? You, you just you need to be able to look at the truck and go, okay, you know this thing is in really nice shape. It's been well taken care of. Maybe the guy's got a lot of records on it, things like that. It, at this point, these trucks are old enough now that mile, mileage in the aspect of if I'm going to buy a truck to drive is almost getting to the point where it's irrelevant. Um, it's like buying a, an 80s or 90s John Deere tractor. You know, most of those things have 20, 15 to 20,000 hours on them, but they're still going strong. It's not necessarily about how many miles or hours is on something. It's more about how it was taken care of. So I'm, I wouldn't, and we don't, we don't hesitate to buy stuff that's even got over to uh, over 300,000 on it if it's for a certain reason, right? That, that, and, and personally, I feel like the truck needs to speak to you when you, when you walk up to it, like 
you can walk. I've walked up to a truck before with under a hundred thousand miles and, and turned it down because it's just, it's not talking to you when you get there. Some, something's off about the truck. It either, maybe it looks like it's been repainted and, and maybe it had, you know, damage that you don't know about or just something like you can walk up to a truck and a real truck person is going to be able to agree with this. And that truck is going to speak to you when you get out. Like you're going to know whether you're fixing to buy that truck or not, yeah. you know? And, and there's, there's just something about it when you get out, like there's something that brings back a memory for you, or there's something that like, Oh, this is exactly what I was looking for. Or you're going to open the door and go, eh, I appreciate your time, but I'll see you later. And you're going to get back in your truck and drive away. There, there's just going to be that gut feeling that you have when you pull up to it. You know, I think that's a lot of really good advice for people really looking for any older truck. Cause sometimes we get in that, well, we need to have under 50,000 miles we need to have under under hundred thousand miles. But there's a lot of times you look at the car facts and there's like nine owners of it and it's turned over all the time or where did it live? Why, why has it got so many owners? There's something yeah. going on here. Yeah. Or why did it spend so much time in the, the rust belt or, you know, all these different <laughs> things that, that factor into it. Um, exactly. I know there's going to be people listening that have an OBS and they're like, all right, you guys talked about the truck. That's really cool, but I need some parts or I need to, I need that, that door fix. Where can people find uh, your website, follow you guys, see you guys pull, post a ton of cool stuff of trucks um, that you guys have that other people have. Um, where can they find you guys? Um, so our website is cpaddict.com. That's C-P-A-D-D-I-C-T. I'm sure you're going to drop a link in the, uh, in the bio and all that stuff for sure. But like, I post a lot. Uh, I, I run on uh, pretty much all of our social media platforms at this point. Um, I post a lot on Instagram. Uh, we try to post a bunch on, on Facebook. Um, we're, uh, we're doing our best to, um, to start to produce a lot more how-to videos and things like that for YouTube. So you can find us on our YouTube channel and things like that. If any of you out there like to shoot video for YouTube, holler at us. We need somebody. <laughs> yeah. So, um, uh, we're, uh, we're doing our best to, uh, to, to put together some how-to stuff there. Um, that's, that's mostly the primary places that we, uh, that we put content out for, um, for us, right? It's where you're going to get the most of it is going to be Instagram. Yeah, for sure. In Instagram or Facebook. I usually troll Facebook pretty good as far as, you know, keeping up with the four, the, the, the Facebook groups of seven, three stuff and OBS related things. So I can try and answer questions and, you know, drop links that where people need them. Um, but our, our biggest by far is, is Instagram. It's always really cool to chat with you guys. I, I love your guys' passion for these trucks and it it, it it ties together whether you have a cummins or duramax or power stroke or whatever your truck you like or are a fan of the principles are all the same with the nostalgia or the connection or the emotion and then wanting to recapture that so um it's cool to see how you guys have have built complete performance and the solutions you guys offer i'm sure my friends probably gonna bug you guys to see if you have some certain parts for an old 75. That's what we're here for. <laughs> we definitely but, uh, do. That's what we're here for. Yeah, well, it was cool chatting with you guys. I appreciate your time today. I know you guys are busy. Probably got a lot of uh, a lot of stuff to tackle, but uh, it's great to hear about the truck, hear about your business, and uh, just be able to have a good time chatting about old trucks. Absolutely. And you know, appreciate, appreciate everything you do for us, man. Absolutely. It's always a pleasure to be able to, to come on and talk about the company for sure.
Don't forget, diesel fans, make sure and head on over to kershaw.kaiusa.com. Use code 20diesel for 20% off site-wide. It's a great way to save some money on some really cool gear. If you need something for hunting, fishing, EDC, something to throw in a toolbox, definitely check out their Duralock models, which use D2 steel, fully ambidextrous. And then it's a really cool opening mechanism because your fingers aren't in the way where the opener closes. So they've got that and a bunch of other new things they've released in 2023. So head on over, check them out, use code 20 diesel to save some money. Also want to give a shout out to some of our Patreon supporters, Tyler Lowen at 23 diesel, uh, J Cole, um, John, all of our other Patreon supporters. Um, all of you guys who are on YouTube, podcast apps, Instagram, Facebook, um, YouTube, TikTok, our discord, we appreciate the support you guys have given us throughout the years. We'd love to be able to take the suggestions that you guys have and then be able to work them into future episodes. Until next time, keep the shiny side up.